Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. I just got three things to say. God bless our troops. God bless America. And gentlemen, start your engine. Are you ready? It's showtime, everybody. Showtime. It's awesome. Oh, my God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm. Welcome to the fucking show. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Magnificent. I have a lovely lady here. She could be the, probably the next uh, first lady. She's so amazing. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Kristen Beckel. How are we doing today? Great. Thank you. I love that introduction. Right? I thought so. I thought so. I, I've, I've thought about it. I'm like, you know what? She reminds me of like a first lady kind of, right. you know? I'll take it. I'll like take you, it. You, you hold yourself so proper and everything. Even with these headphones on. Hey, it works. It works. I mean, I got big, big old headphones myself, so it's all good. So, I know. And, and what's funny is like, I, I want to say Mrs. Beck. For, like because like as a little kid you know it's like you know you want to be very oh i know you know when proper. do you switch when do you make the switch to i know ms Kristen, or now just Kristen. so you can call me Kristen. how about that that works that absolutely works so Kristen, um uh tell the people kind of uh what you do and kind of what your background is sure tell the people so <laughs> what i do what I do, um, probably to sum up what I do on a full-time basis, is run a home health care here in Washington, Michigan. And Interim Healthcare is the name of um, the company. And we take care of seniors. We take care of seniors in their own homes. Um, our main mission is to allow them to remain as independent as possible so that they can really stay where they want to stay, whether or not that's at home or in a facility, but really just to um, come alongside the family, give them education and help them understand how best to care for their loved ones with either dementia or medical issues and just kind of shed some a, a spotlight on our elderly that unfortunately America has done a really crappy job of doing so we really are a culture that um, doesn't treat our elderly with the highest regard and esteem that a lot of other cultures do so that's what I do on a full-time basis. Um, otherwise, I do personal coaching on the side, and um, that's pretty much it. I mean, in my free time, which we all need more of, right? I love to just hang out with my dogs and my family and play Scrabble. Scrabble, really? <laughs> I know, right? It's kind of like a boring game, but I'll tell you, we get into some, some pretty good heated disputes with Scrabble. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. Now, what's actually interesting is I've never played Scrabble before. Oh, come over. <laughs> come over. It sounds like a boring game, I'm telling you, but it is a lot of fun. It's so much fun, actually. It, I mean, it's funny because you see it in movies or you see it in TV shows. Like, Scrabble is, like, really big. And, you know, yeah. if you haven't played it, you know exactly what it is. 
Right. Yeah. You got to so, basically come up with words with the letters that you have. Correct. But the fun part of it is really coming up with words that people don't realize are words. And so that's where all kind of the challenge comes in. And really, I um, we started out with just a $15 Scrabble board. And then this Christmas, I bit the bullet and spent more than you would probably um, think on a very large coffee board turntable Scrabble board. So, Ooh, we're, so you're we're getting pretty really... elite in the Scrabble world, Matt. I can tell that. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, you, you're almost getting to a pro level. I don't know if there is pro Scrabble. Working on it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with your introduction, which was absolutely fantastic, um, I believe, uh, aren't you a licensed RN as well? I am. Yes. Yes. Okay. So my background How... is in nursing. I was a nurse for many years at uh, Beaumont. And a proud Belmont nurse and had kind of worked my way up from medical surgical to um, emergency, then to administration and then hospice. And it was really in hospice out in the community that I saw the real need for um, a better approach to taking care of people in their homes together, coupled with um, the fact that my mom relied on and needed home health care during her debilitating disease um, that I felt, okay, I finally feel like I have God's purpose. You know, we're always trying to find like, what in the world is my purpose? Am I meant to just push morphine 20, you know, all day, every day? Like there's got to be more to life than punching a time clock. And I wanted to figure out what that was. And for me, the lights came on when I was out in the community doing hospice nursing, um, that this kind of idea was born. Yeah. And so this was personal for you in doing, and in, in doing what you're doing right now is like, you know, and you know, you always want to take things that you're passionate about, but you know, this was definitely per something personal to you. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And it's okay. so much easier. You know, I've got boys now that are, and a, a daughter that are, that are trying to figure out what their fields are going to be. And it's like, you know what, if you, if you want to paint roads for the rest of your life, because you enjoy doing that and you look forward to waking up and going and painting the line down the middle of the road, by all means, do it, but do it for yourself. Right. So don't, don't work for somebody, work for somebody for a little bit, learn how to do it, then form your own business, but do something that you are excited about. Um, because otherwise like life is just, we have one shot, one shot. Why are we just going to, Oh, that's an MM song. <laughs> why are we going to, why are we going to like dread what we do? Right. Exactly. I mean, definitely you know, in your twenties and even like in your late teens, you know, you always try and find, um, a purpose in this world and it's mm -hmm. tough, you know, and it's, I can definitely say for myself, you know, I've had my fair share of like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Never mind, going to yeah. do something else. And then, you know, but yep. you got to find your, your niche is what yeah. uh, everybody says, but, um, and there's nothing wrong with that, with having tried six different things, checking them off your list while you're in your twenties, thirties, don't have a family to support rely on. I don't know if you still live at home or not, but you know, this is the age that you're at. Go for it. Try everything. And then when you figure out what lights your fire, you're good at, you can make money at. And I think, you know, maybe you found it. I don't know. Um, you seem pretty good at what you're doing. 
Yeah, I mean, this is just a hobby, and uh, you know, I mean, but the cool thing is, is with uh, with this, um, you know, I went to school for, graduated, did the radio route, and um, you know, of course, it, as you see with uh, Spotify and podcasts, especially, um, you know, radio is a dying trade. You know, nobody really gets tickets off of the radio anymore, mm-hmm. or you know, really truly listens to the. I mean, other than morning shows, um, not many people listen to the radio because when they get into their car after work, they usually plug in their phone and go ahead and listen to music or a podcast or whatnot. So, but yeah. figure, you know, going down this route would be great, but you know, with main income, it's working for the big three and, um, you know, and doing that and, you know, granted, do I wake up every day and say, man, I'm going to do what I love to do. It's like, no, but I know I have a big appreciation for it. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that has been in my family for a long time. Um, and the fact that I can be a part of something that's bigger than myself, then, you know, that's, that's what means to me in seeing, you know, the different family members that I've had that have worked for the big three and how, um, how they've lived a good life and, mm-hmm. and so on, but, for um, sure. but good for enough, you, but enough about me. Let's talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a song for that too. I want to talk about me. want to talk about that. <laughs> I love you, music. Can you have, tell? Uh, yeah. Have you been listening to music today? <laughs> I have. Yeah. I am like powered by music. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well we've it, all been listening to Eminem, right? Over the, I mean, oh, very geez, much so. I don't look like I would listen to Eminem, but I do have a couple songs that you know are his are my hype songs. And what would be one of them? Oh, for sure, like um, "Not Afraid" and uh, "Lose Yourself." Those are my two. Of course, "Lose Yourself." Absolutely, two. that is like yeah. the Detroit anthem. I know, I know. Lord have mercy! What, like what a letdown! Oh. I mean, what was it? I, I watched this one clip where they said, you know, they should have the Lions come out and you got Eminem and then all of a sudden Ball with the Ball by Kid Rock and then Kid <laughs> Rock comes out. I'm like, yeah, good luck having those two guys in the same room together. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have a lot of heritage to be proud of, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, now, did you watch the game uh, this past Sunday? I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. And we were watching it. We had some friends over and. Um, Hayden, my oldest, he was in the basement watching it because he doesn't like people talking during the game. So he went downstairs and at halftime, you know, we're all geeked and excited and everybody's getting ready to eat. And he comes up and he's like, well, they're not a third quarter team. I can tell you that. And we're all like, (gasps) you know, why did you say that? So needless to say, we were not happy with him. Come well, third quarter. I kind of had the same situation. I was at Buffalo Wild Wings, Buffalo Wild Wings with a bunch of friends and, um, my buddy Chris, he goes, he goes, man, it would suck if they would lose now. And we're like, right. Don't yeah, you dare jinx him. It. Yeah. Right. I'm like, don't you jinx it. And of course he's wearing a Detroit hat, but it was red. I know. I'm like, why did you do that? Why did you do that? You do know that they're playing a red team, right? Oh my gosh. He's like, no, it looked cool. And I got it. Let's I'm like, go to rally house. Yes. Go to Rally House. Get a yeah. Detroit hat from Rally House. <laughs> right. <laughs> Next year. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. I said, you know what? I'm getting for you for Christmas. I'm getting you a Detroit non-red hat. Right. <laughs> but, I didn't even know there was such a thing. 
yeah i'm like i mean i know they're in different colors and whatnot but yeah i don't know and then what was even more hilarious was so he had his hat on backwards and of course it's a fitted hat and he's wearing a black t-shirt and i like took a glance i was like i'm like and so I looked up a little picture and it was Fred Durst. I'm like, dude, you look like Fred Durst from Lip Biscuit. <laughs> I started showing everybody and everybody started dying. Oh, I'm sure he appreciated that. Oh, he turned his hat right back around. Yes. <laughs> he goes, stop it. That's so funny. That's he started funny. blushing. He started um, blushing and everything. I was like, yeah. I'm like, that's what you get for wearing a red hat. Seriously. <laughs> looking like fred durst what, uh, what would my husband say he teed it right up yeah oh that's a good one that's a good one <laughs> so um so with your expertise in the um, medical field how long did how long have you done that you said multiple amount of years but is there a certain amount of years that you you've been in the medical field so um i started working in at beaumont in 2000 2006 so I don't know, almost 20 years now, um, you know, I stayed home and raised my kids for the most part. Um, Brooke was the one that, that she's 17 now. So she was kind of the one that didn't have me near as much as the boys did, but I went to work full time in 2006. Um, and that's when I started out doing medical surgical nursing and I loved it. You know, I just love learning. I'm a firm believer of just whatever you do, like always be never be the smartest person in the room. Always try and, and, and surround yourself with people that do what you want to do, but better. And so I'll never forget um, my first clinical rotation at Beaumont. I sought out this one nurse that I was just over the top impressed with the way she carried herself and she was charged and this, that, and the other. And, and her name was Peggy. And I, I told my instructor at the time, I was like, I want Peggy as my mentor. And her and I are friends to this day. And it's like, I just... I, I cannot stress to people enough the importance of having a mentor and finding somebody that just kind of emulates where you want to be, what you want to do and, um, follow. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, of course, like being a surgical, you said surgical nurse, is that correct? Well, it's a med surge is basically just your, um, your everyday general nursing, which means that our floor could get a medical patient or a surgical patient. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of a very broad overview. If you're, if you're on a med surge floor, you could get anything from somebody that's coming in with a bleeding ulcer to somebody that has dementia. It's across the board. And then you have your more specialty floors, like, you know, your, your neuro floor, and then your ICUs and your progressive units and your pediatrics, of course. I knew the one type of nursing that I never delved into and nor did, it, did I want to was psych nursing. Mm. Um, and so that just wasn't for me. So I crossed that off the list, but just about every other type, um, you know, emergency nursing was probably where I thrived the most just because I'm kind of a trauma junkie and I love being right in the action and, and, uh, you know, kind of running the show, I guess maybe I have some control issues every now and then, but, um, that was where I probably thrived the most and enjoyed it. So you're definitely not a gal that is like scared of the gore and the blood and everything. Oh, no. No. Now come to me with all the blood and gore and I, I won't bat an eye. If I have to rewatch somebody dislocate a shoulder on a football clip, or if I have to see it in action happen, I about lose my crap. It's just the weirdest thing. It's fine for me to I think it, take yeah. care of you after yeah. to watch it during. Mm -mm. I think because it's just so unnatural. Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> it's so unnatural to like watch a bone break or watch yeah. a watch a foot go that way right. when it's not supposed to do that. Right. It's like it just makes your stomach turn. Yeah. Yeah. Or watch mm-hmm. uh, your ACL and your MCL and all the CLs are just going like that way and then this way and everything. <laughs> yeah. Directions God did not make them no. meant to be in. No, not at all. Um, yeah. I mean, granted, do you have like a – I mean – I have a story to where like I was a very simple granite blood and gore and movies and everything doesn't bother me my own totally fine but for some reason I was volunteering for a blood drive in high school I think it was my senior year and um, we were helping the people who gave blood get off the table and then go get the snacks and everything well I was waiting for this one person get off the table and I just see the nurse with the bag of blood and she's literally doing literally massaging the bag. And I don't know if she was trying to get bubbles out. I don't know what, but just watching this dark red liquid just flow in her hand in this little bag. I go, Oh, yeah. You can feel it. Right. It's like, yeah. I like you get drained like that draining feeling. I'm just like, Oh boy. (laughs) So I called somebody else over. I'm like, take them. And so yeah. I, I had to just walk out of there. I was good. Didn't didn't yak or nothing. I was just I just needed to get out of there. Right. <laughs> I was well, like, I need a break. <laughs> right. Note to self one day if you ever are in your the room where your wife is having her baby, you may just want to remember that feeling so that I know you're for not a, on the floor. Yeah, I know for a fact. Um, you know, I've talked with multiple friends who are in the um medical field and people who've had children and um especially friends who have uh who are men who have children and um you know they say oh it's beautiful i'm like yeah you won't catch me doing that i'm gonna be right back here going (laughs) just you know letting letting the wife squeeze the absolute you know nonsense out of my hand (laughs) i don't mind that at all if yeah if they Touching say dad, the breathing. yeah, if they say, you know, dad, do you want to see him? Like, nope, Mm-mm. you Clean got it. Up. I'll you have got it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> nope. You we won't know catch our limits. You won't catch me down there. No, thank you. Mm-mm. <laughs> like, I don't know what it was, but like, I don't know if it was for health class or something, but I watched like a video of that and I'm just like, oh my right. Lord. Right. <laughs> I'm like, no, Yeah. Nope. <laughs> that is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> let's just say this my you won't catch me in the medical field at all love mm-hmm. the stories love the absolute stories yeah. um you know like uh i got a friend of mine who is um who is um i don't know he's not interning he's kind of bouncing around from different departments as of right now and you know i ask him i'm like what's new like do you have any interesting stories and, you know, sometimes he'll give me a couple, uh, another friend of mine, she's an ultrasound tech and, you know, she tells me a couple of stories here and there. Um, she told me this one where there was like a tumor on this woman's breast and the doctor started squeezing and the lady had a nipple piercing and it just went poof and got like on her arm and stuff like that. And she's like, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> So those kind of stories 
absolutely love because it's just yeah. you know I, I'm in I'm in the factory all day. It's like right. It's it's <laughs> I mean unless there's like a fire, which bear, yeah. which never happens. Like yeah, not too much excitement happens. Not there. too much excitement. So I love those types of stories. Now speaking of those types of stories, are there any stories? that you can possibly remember for being all those years of being an RN mm. one that sticks in your mind. It yeah. Could be, it could be funny. Oh gosh. I've got so many. I, you know, probably the one, the, the grossest one, I will say not, not necessarily traumatic, but gross for me um, was when I had a patient I was taking, it was actually the, I, it was the end of my shift. And so you would always get admissions at the end of the shift. And it was like, crap, admissions were a big deal because you had to like get them in and situated, do a full assessment on them before you passed them on to the next shift. So I'm doing a full assessment. He was a diabetic, came up from the emergency room. They didn't give me the report that they should have given me. Um, a lot of diabetics get ulcers. They lose feeling in their feet. Long story short, this man was a homeless man. He had lost feeling in his feet. He had wounds in his feet that were filled with maggots. And so when I saw that, um, I hadn't seen it before. I'd seen lots of wounds, but I'd never seen anything like you know, inhabiting the wound and eating off of it. So it just kind of made me like, okay, I think I'm done with med surge and I'm moving on to something else. <laughs> that was it. That, that was, that was the one that made you say, no, thank you. <laughs> I just felt like I was like, I had learned everything I needed to learn, but you know, a, a, a big part of nursing too, is you can't react. Like I couldn't be like, give me a bucket. I'm going to vomit. Like this yeah. poor man was homeless and you know, yeah. you don't, his dignity was at risk too. So oh, I'm sure. Just, you know, and dealing with, um, I, you know, there, there were some drownings, some child drownings, um, that I was involved in at Royal Oak emergency. Those were hardcore. I'll never forget the screams of those parents, you mm. know, when you're calling the code, um, things like that, that you take home with you that a lot of times just never leave you, but they become part of your story and part of what, keeps you going and, and, and makes you, you know, want to continue to make a difference. Now, um, with, I mean, with, of course, with those, uh, certain situations, um, like, do you, do you go to some, like a professional and talk about them that way you can like let out debrief. your emotions in debrief everything? Yeah. I mean, you have it available to you. Your hospital gives you resources and you can take time off, but, um, for me personally, it's just my faith and really just, you know, plug it in to help me forget what I don't want to remember, help mm -hmm. me remember what you want me to remember so that I can use that, you know, to glorify you. Um, I, I, there's a couple times that I've had to, to seek some counsel. Um, but for the most part, I just rely on my prayer life to kind of get me through. But to answer your question, they do, they do offer you resources, you know, kind of just like the police or any um, response, you know, first responders, they'll offer. We have a friend that was just involved in um, uh, a shooting in Shelby Township and and then ended up having, you know, they give them time off um, when they are involved in something like that, just to kind of deescalate and and take care of their mental health before they go back and face it all over again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so with the maggot situation, I guess you could say that was your exit out of the nursing and then, um, I... yeah, exactly. 
uh, and then you uh, ended. So, what ended up happening from there? Did you were you were you automatically? I I, were you automatically like, okay, I want to start my own business or like, no, I had applied. Um, the nice thing about a hospital and with nursing is there's always a plethora of options for you to go to different departments and different areas. And so, you know, we were always checking the job boards and seeing what was out there. So at that time I had just, um, applied for, um, an administration position. It was for midnights. I really didn't want to work midnights, but I thought, well, I'll just, you know, take a, take a chance on it. And I ended up getting it. So I did that for a while. I really liked it. Um, I liked just the overall kind of management aspect of it. Um, that taught me a lot. And then I went from there to, um, I was done doing midnights. So then I went to hospice um, just to kind of get out into the field. And I was not needing to work as much as I was in the hospital. So I could work what they call PRN, which is an as needed. So I was just kind of doing PRN shifts for hospice. Um, And then that was when, um, you know, I was talking to Scott. It was 2017, I think. I had actually just been, um, I wasn't feeling well. Um, and I, I kind of knew something was going on and wrong, but as a nurse, sometimes you associate all of these like diseases that you're dealing with pancreatic cancer and, and you're like, Oh gosh, do, you know, I feel pain here. What is it? So I had that mentality of just, you know, kind of blow it off. But I also knew something was going on with my body and I couldn't quite figure out what it was. So thankfully, um, my primary care physician, who actually was practicing out of the same office that I sit in now and lease all of my own, um, listened to me. I came in and made an appointment and I was like, look, his name is Dr. Cowton. And I'm like, look, there's something going on. I'm not quite sure what it is, but this is what I want you to do. And Lo and behold, long story short, I ended up with appendiceal cancer, which I had never even heard of. It's cancer of the appendix. And um, typically it's not found until it ruptures. And once it ruptures, it becomes like it seeds into your abdomen and the mortality rate is pretty high. So it was a total God thing that um, I listened to my body and knew something was off, that he listened to me. And it's just kind of come full circle because here I am now, six years later, owning the, you know, um, the business that uh, it all started. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's insane. So, I mean, you said cancer. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. did you like look at that and get like Mm -hmm. scared about it or did you like sure yeah yeah because my um you know my dad died at 50 and then my mom died at 53 Mm. i'm 49 so i'm like okay so if i make it past my parents age i got not you know about a decade left at that time um and so when they did say cancer you know yeah, I was scared to death because remember, I'm a hospice nurse at the time too. So I'm consistently dealing with 30, 40, 80 year olds that are on their deathbed with cancer. So it was really a trying time, but it was also the time that I was able to reassess like, okay, if I am to die and if this is something that is going to take over and my story ends here, like, what am I left with? What's my legacy? What have I done besides be a Beaumont employee? And that was kind of, you know, for us that started us on that journey of there's more out there. 
Yeah. And, and like you had said, like, what is our, what's going to be our legacy? I was just talking about this, uh, with a friend of mine. Um, and, um, you know, when, when, you know, God calls us home, it's like, you know, what did we leave behind? You know, what, what kind of, um, what, how did we carry ourselves? How did we, uh, how were we as a person? Um, as well as like, what have we done in our life that were achievements, uh, goals matched, or even, you know, different things that we can be proud of? Like, what can we leave behind? So, mm-hmm. and I mean, when that was happening, I mean, I'm sure you were like, nope, not done yet. So I got to, you know, yeah. Get, oh, get on sure. some things. Um, and it's seeds. Like it's, it's seeds that you feel like you need to have planted that you may not see the fruit from mm-hmm. uh, until you get to heaven one day. But right. really all that we can really take with us, Matt, to heaven is people. So um, that that for me just is a, a, a focus that every day I try to just incorporate like who's going to be there one day because of an influence that I had. Right. Exactly. Um, so once you had, uh, that cancer, now you're cancer free now, correct? Yes. Which that's amazing. Um, that's that's something to cheer for and to be (laughs) very happy for. Um, (laughs) and, uh, so was it at right after that, that you started doing the healthcare? Yeah, it was actually, um, we had, we had started, um, before I was even, diagnosed. So once I was diagnosed, we were already involved in the process of purchasing. And um, then it was just a matter of, okay, now it's like, okay, what kind of home health care do we want to be? Do we want to just be, you know, there's a, there's a thousand home health cares out there. Michigan's a non-regulation state. So that means that any nurse, um, anybody can really go out there and open up a home health care without a whole lot of oversight. Um, and we knew that we weren't just going to be about the numbers. We were going to be about really educating and pouring into our employees so that they could go out and replicate what, you know, our philosophy and make a difference in the home. So, you know, we're not as big as I would like to be, but we are every bit of quality that I stand behind. And so sometimes that's hard. It's hard to, the bigger you get, a lot of times the lower your standards become. Okay. And um, so what would you say, what year was uh, the healthcare company established? 2017. 2017. Okay. And from there, like, was it like a, was it a hard kind of climb to where Mm -hmm. you're at? Like, right, especially right in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It was a hard climb because- Initially, what we were going to do was Scott was going to sell his business. He's an electrician. He was going to sell his business. And the two of us were going to be like that dynamic power couple in healthcare, right? And so thankfully, you know, he listened to the Lord and said, the Lord didn't want him to sell his business just yet. Just put it on hold, help Kristen out, get going, get a taste of where it is that you're going to plug in. And this was not for him. He did not enjoy any aspect of home health care. He's, he's a tradesman. He wears a tool belt. He goes into people's houses and messes with wires and cranks music on all day and doesn't deal with 
sick people or geriatrics. And the last thing I wanted was to have him, you know, trade what he loves to do just to satisfy um, me. So probably eight months into opening, um, we had a real come to Jesus meeting and it was like, okay, I'm going to find somebody that can do what I need you to do. And it just happened to be um, that somebody presented themselves and they thrived. And Scott was able to then resume Action Electric. And it's just kind of been, it was hard. It was hard swallowing that pill of, okay, this doesn't look like I thought it was going to look. I thought we were going to be doing this together. Um, so we were rolling right along, growing, doing everything right, um, seeing the numbers go. It's, it, and it's hard because you have to establish a reputation in a community that there's a lot of competition in, a lot. And your reputation is always on the line by one bad experience, right? Just one bad experience is all it takes for a negative review um, or something to have an impact on everything good that you've done. So we were thriving and then like everybody else, 2020 hit and it was like, what the heck, you know, nobody wanted us in their home, but then because, you know, nobody wanted anybody in the home, but then all of a sudden, three months later, everybody wanted mom and dad out of the prisons of the nursing homes where they couldn't see them. They wanted to bring them home and now take a chance on bringing us into the home. So it was just a lot of growth, a lot of learning as you go. Um, and it helped us really just kind of become a lot more emergency prepared for these curveballs that we all experienced in 2020. Yeah. And speaking of 2020, I mean, that was, you know, that was insane. You know, I've, and yeah. I've talked about that either on the podcast or, you know, um, even, talked about you know outside of that you know and whether that be you know medical professionals or even you know just with friends and you know talking about how you know us as a society um were so divided like i think we hadn't been that divided since like probably the civil war you know and For sure and as well as every there was that um either the hysteria or or whatnot of like what's what's next so i mean as a company like how did you guys carry that during the covid times yeah well i remember specifically i was walking down an eye the main aisle in target at 26 mile and it was probably i don't know mid-april of 2020 and um we weren't wearing masks because at the time we were, we were feeling like the mask was so hyped up, but there were people that were wearing masks. And so I remember making eye contact with a gentleman as we passed each other. He had a mask on. I didn't. He looked at me with these eyes of like complete hatred and just, mm -hmm. you know, like, and I, it, it, the light switched on for me. And I was like, this is, this is separating us. All that this is doing right now is causing a huge amount of division. And from then on, like you said, you're right. It just, it created um, a political, a religious, a, you name it. We're divided on every aspect right now. As far as a company goes, um, you know, we had to implement a whole bunch of policies that we weren't ready for. Um, we constantly were having to rely on the CDC, which then lost its credibility. 
Um, we were constantly having to rely on a lot of things that the media was controlling the narrative on. So we just kind of took it as it came. And again, it, just walking by faith, like this is just a day by day. We don't know what's going to change. Um, I can tell you, though, that for us, 2020 really brought about um, when the vaccine came out and they wanted the vaccine mandated for companies over 50 employees. Um, I was able to stay right at 49. And the reason I stayed there was because my feeling was, and, you know, I don't I'm not here to talk politics, but here's what, what my thought was as a nurse. Um I'm not here to enforce you to do something with your body. That's a choice of yours. So if our clients wanted a vaccinated caregiver or a vaccinated nurse, we by all means had them to provide, but we also had employees that chose not to get the vaccine that we could give to other clients. So um, it was kind of, it, it was an experience that I, I took a little bit of flack from, but I wouldn't change a thing because um, it's just, it's kind of how I feel in the, in the whole regards of too new, too fresh, too many side effects. Yeah. I mean, the fact that, I mean, I think you handled it really well because you had, you're like, okay, you want these nurses? Here you go. And if you want these nurses, here you go. So you're offering both, which yeah. was, it seems totally fine to me. If you look at it from, you know, the outside looking in non politics, non anything, it's just like logical, you yes. know, it, it makes sense. And the fact that you could, you know, go through that, especially during a hard time, because I mean, every business doesn't matter if you were hospitality, healthcare, um, mm -hmm. you know, anything, you know, had to deal with that. And, oh, yeah. And even just getting masks in general, you know, and oh, yeah. the inflation that 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 went up on masks that used to be 13 cents a piece. And now everybody's taking advantage of the demand. And now, you know, raising the price by 300%. You know, there was just so much that went into being a small business owner um, and trying to keep your head above water during 2020 that I don't think a lot of people realize um, so to be on the other side of that, to have actually outgrown ourselves from 2020 to 2021, um, because I used to be downstairs in a suite here, a smaller suite, and in the year 2021, we um, moved, bought up here, um, doubled our space bought this. And then now, you know, I've got twice the amount of staff that I used to have, and we're just, you know not missing a beat. And we've opened up now about the lower level. We have the lower level as a senior day center. And um, so, you know, God just has really blessed us. It's not been easy. There are many, many things that I've learned along the way. One of which is not everybody likes to see you succeed. Um, not everybody likes to, not everybody's your friend. You got a lot of people out there that aren't necessarily I, I, your friends. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. And, you know, you just got to keep doing what, what God tells you and as well as like what's in your heart and um, and knowing that what you're doing is, is the right thing um, and not listening to what they say is the haters. Yep. All the naysayers. <laughs> All the naysayers. Because, you know, in the way that you can grow is, you know, is – 
you know, just by the amount of passion, the amount of work that you put into it. And the only person that knows how much work you put in is yourself. I mean, everybody probably sees like on social media anyways, and they're just like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I guess good for her or whatever. Right. But only you, only, you know, the behind the scenes and the struggles. And of course, like you said, um, with uh, the whether if it's you know creating your own brand or podcast mm-hmm. or even mm-hmm. a healthcare company, you know you got to go through uh, different challenges. Um, yeah. So with the different challenges, I mean, um, like I even said, like for twenty twenty four, everybody talks about like New Year, New Me, you know. Oh yeah. I said no, not I don't. I hate doing that. Like I hate the New Year, New Me thing. So right. I so I asked for or not asked for, but more, um, uh, I was like, okay, I'd like to do this. I'd like to do this, but one thing for sure, I would like challenges in my way so that I can overcome them, accomplish them. Because if you, as you know yourself, every year will have a challenge one way or the other, whether it be, be a small one or it's going to be a big one. Yep. And, you know, that's not going to stop. You can't be like, okay, this year I'm not going to have any challenges or any obstacles that I have to uh, overcome. That's yeah. just not realistic. It's more, nope. you know, doing that. So um, and th- that's what makes you better. I mean, absolutely. Really, absolutely. That is what, you know, it's the whole, what is it? The diamond is refined by fire, right? So each time that that stone goes through that fire, it comes out more beautiful and more valuable. And so I think it's just perspective. It's how you look at things. It's how you, yeah, I'll take this on. And this is either going to to break me or make me. And so I don't have a choice to break. So let's figure out how it can make me. And even if it does break you, there's there's only one way, but, you know, forward, you you know, and... I'm sure you, you yourself has got, have gone through many different things of, um, um, what, what am I trying to say? Uh, many things that have uh, broke you, but have mm-hmm. made you not, uh, not, um, give up hope, but made you stronger Yes, in the oh, process. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, uh, you were saying with, um, you said with elderly healthcare, is that correct? Yeah. Is, is that what you guys do? For the most part, that's our specialty. That's our niche really is um, dementia. Um, We like to um, teach people, teach loved ones who have dementia, family members, how best to take care of them because not everybody can afford our services. And a lot of our services, um, a portion of them, the actual, like there's home care and then there's home health care. Home health care is a script that's given by a physician um, that qualifies you to have a nurse or a therapist come into your home and provide X amount of number of visits until you meet um, a progressive goal that's set for you. And then they're gone. It's done. Home care is not covered by insurance. It's private pay. And it's really the other 23 hours of the day where people need either companionship or somebody to come in and and make them dinners, somebody to help give them showers, help them dress, take them to appointments, you name it. Um, That's really what we like to, those are the services that we provide the most of, but if people can't afford those services, which a lot of times they can't, because like I said, that's not covered by insurance. We have workshops that can teach people how to learn tips, ticks, 
tics, tips and techniques to be able to 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 help their loved ones with dementia not be such a burden and really give them a little bit of a reprieve as a caregiver. Okay. See, in this whole time, like uh, coming up to this, I'm like, is it an insurance company? <laughs> I never knew it was an. No. Nope. And, and it's so much. I think it's so much better than insurance. In all honesty, because well, thank you. you yeah, you guys are helping out the community, and you guys are helping out families, and yeah, um, in in so many different ways. Um, there's a saying around here, you know that that nobody, nobody is turned away. So that means yeah. that you call and you need services for your mom or dad, but you can't afford $40 an hour for us to come into the home and take care of them. We're not going to just hang up and you're not going to have an answer. We're going to provide you with resources that we have of, you know, maybe, maybe we can get you qualified for some state aid. Maybe we can get you qualified through um, some respite care. Um, there's different organizations. We're not just in it to make the money. We're in it really to give you an answer to the, a solution to the issue that you're facing, even if we can't be that actual solution. So that, that's probably where the pride of doing what we do comes in. It's just in knowing that each person that calls here that needs either our services or some sort of assistance doesn't leave empty handed. I mean, that's honestly amazing that you guys are offering that, you know, that much um, knowledge and uh, help within the community. Now, is it mainly based in what I mean, I know you're you're mm -hmm. based in Washington, but is yeah. it mainly like with your uh, would you say <laughs> clients uh, yeah. that you bring on? Um, are they mainly based in Washington or are they spread out? Yeah, so they're spread out. We are all of Macomb County. Um, we service a lot of northern Oakland County, so Rochester, um, Oakland Township. Um, we are getting into Lapeer. Um, we haven't entered Wayne County. Um, I'm not quite sure, you know, how that's going to look. That's kind of a, a different market, if you will. Um, so for right now, I'm just kind of of the belief, you know, we're going to do one thing really well and, you know, you get really good at some, at one thing and then get great at two. So we're still getting really good at, at one thing. And once we have that polished and we can put our stamp of approval on it, then we'll replicate that and possibly move into Wayne County. Okay. Now say somebody is listening and they would love to be a part of you or guys' crew. How can they do that? Yeah. So we love, love, um, our team developer, uh, Cindy, she would love to talk to them. I will tell you that our standards are high. We have really high standards for our employees, but we also treat our employees the best in the industry. We pay the best. We offer the uh, you know, so many career paths to kind of, if they want, if they're starting out and they want to um, be put through nursing school, you know, we have tuition reimbursement. We have um, nursing mentor programs. There's all kinds of things that are extra benefits in addition to the pay. So they would contact the office here, or they would go on um, Indeed and look us up at interimhealthcare.com, and they would see um, all of the different job postings that we have. But really the best bet is probably just to give the office a call, um, and that number is 586-281-6280. All right. Wonderful. Um, now, I, this just popped in my brain. How did you come up with the name? 
of okay, so Interim Healthcare is actually a franchise. We purchased. Oh, this. is it okay? So we purchased this, and the reason that we purchased it was because I didn't want to have to rewrite all the policies and procedures. I assisted solutions, which is downstairs. That's the name that I came up with. That's a completely separate business. That is the senior day center. Um, and that's also like the consulting agency. Um, people can hire us as a healthcare advocate. They can hire us um, to go in and, you know, help them kind of navigate the healthcare system. Um, so assisted solutions was mine. I came up with that just because of the fact that it is what it is. We're assisting you with a plethora of solutions that are out there that you really don't don't know about. Um, and you know, we're kind of a reactive society rather than proactive. So, not a, and myself included, I didn't know a whole lot about geriatrics and Medicare and assisted living facilities, facilities, long term care insurance until. I probably would have needed to. My parents both died young, so I didn't really need to know about it. And a lot of people don't know about any of this until mom or dad fall and they're 78, 80 years old. And then all of a sudden they're like, what the heck? What, what are my options? And then they can call us and we can kind of guide them through and give them those assisted solutions that they need. Yeah, because I mean... I mean the talk is usually, you know, you take in mom or dad when they are at that age and then you pretty much are almost tearing your hair out trying to deal with them. And, For sure. And, and, you know, you hear multiple stories of that. Oh, yeah. And uh, or uh, you end up sending them into a home where, mm -hmm. you know, they may not be uh, taken care of um, yeah. the best. Or don't want to be. Oh, they feel yeah. discarded and forgotten and, um, you know, and then you'll see the decline of their health just spiral. Yes. Um, depression and mental health go so hand in hand with the physiology and the physical health of a patient. And so a lot of times when we come into the home and we provide companionship and just engage in conversation, figure out who they were as a person and get to know them and feel, help them feel valued. All of a sudden it's like, they're not such a burden to their family anymore. They're not having recurrent UTIs and recurrent falls. And there's just so many benefits that people don't realize our services can really um, provide an umbrella of services, really, that of benefits. Yeah. And, you know, as you were saying with like the um, who they who they were are, um, you know, after having multiple conversations with uh, many of the elderly, you, as a young person, you learn so much of what they have gone through and everything like that. And it almost made in like, like I think how you guys are doing, you want to continue to make them feel proud of themselves and live continuing uh, to live he healthy lives or live at least a normal life. Yes. Yeah. And contribute, you know, they, they, the knowledge and wisdom that our seniors have from, I mean, just the stories that they have oh, yeah. and the wisdom in marriage and parenting and entrepreneurship. I mean, just story after story, but nobody takes the time to sit and listen and that really, um, that's been an eye opener for me that people 
like I said early in this uh, interview, you know, we as a society, specifically America, have a long way to go in the um, the esteem that that is due to our seniors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, not only seniors, but I mean, I I see that in um, seniors and vet- veterans. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. it's it's very sad to see how someone yeah. who has built this country as um as the elderly have and the different obstacles that they've gone through and the different achievements that they've uh had as well as the veterans who have they could have seen a little bit of action or they could have seen multiple mounts or you know even um uh, very little to know, but uh, go into a situation to where it does affect them in a sort of way. And so, like, would you ever think about like having your healthcare deal with vets at all, or is that we something? Do. A large portion, a large portion of our clientele is the veterans, um, because there's a veteran program out there, the aid and attendance program, that a lot of veterans aren't even made aware of. That mm-hmm. um, if you were um, a vet and you were either active military or you were the surviving spouse of an active military during a time of war. Um, you qualify for, and don't quote me, but I think it's like almost $2,000 a month in AIDS in an aid and attendant program. So they don't realize this or know it, and we can help them get qualified for that and then go in and help them get the services that they need. Um, so yeah, we are a huge advocate for our veterans and I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we, as we now are living on the, the coattails of what our elderly and our veterans have sacrificed, you know, their lives and their mental health for, Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are just discarded. They're homeless, um, or they're feeling very alone, left in a nursing home, um, to die. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of work to be done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so not only are you, um, a a boss of a woman, (laughs) um, (laughs) but, uh, I know I couldn't think of anything. (laughs) Boss lady. Not only is she a boss lady. Boss lady. (laughs) Well, well, isn't that special? (laughs) (laughs) That's church lady. Hey, hey, close enough. You're young to remember that. I can't believe oh, that you come, would know her. Come on now, come on now. I'm okay. an old. I'm an old soul. Oh. Like... <laughs> Back when Saturday Night Live used to be good. Ah, uh, very true. I mean, I don't know about uh, that, but I mean, I saw this one. Cl- I saw this one clip where um, they were doing th- what is it? The new Stanley Cups. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you have one? Oh, for crying out loud! No, I have a. Uh, what do I have? A knockoff reduce. Yeah, pretty, pretty close. <laughs> However, I was at church on Saturday. I was working um, the Upwards program, and one of the youth, one of the youths that was with me, hit my arm and was like, "Look at that cup! That's one of those um, Starbucks collaboration cups." And this woman, she was carrying this cup like it was the you know Ark of the Covenant around. It was pink and. So my, the girl that was with me sent me a link and showed me it was a $900 cup that Starbucks had collaborated with Stanley on and only, you know, released X amount of them. I'm like, what in the world is wrong with us? Like, seriously, 
mm-hmm. here we are. Here mm-hmm. we are buying nine hundred dollar cups, and mm. I don't know. Nine hundred dollars. Call me weird. I got this for fourteen ninety nine on Amazon, and it works just fine. Amen, sister. Amen. <laughs> fourteen ninety nine. Love the cheap stuff. Yes, I'll so, save that nine hundred dollars for a couple plane tickets to Mexico. Thank you. Yes. Very much. Yes. Um, so- <laughs> so you're not only just a business lady, but you are a uh, wife of how many years now? Okay, so we were married in 97. So I think we're coming upon 26 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll be 50 this year. And we'll, be have, we'll have been married 26 years. Yeah. Okay, so out of those 26 years, um, well, first off, let, let's go back. How did you guys meet? I mean, cause you, you post those throwbacks, like nobody's oh, I business. Know. I know. Absolutely love them. Absolutely I love, love them. them. I just and- can't believe we've made it to be honest with you. Like I look at some of these pictures of when we, I was a baby, like I was 20 when we met 21, when we had Hayden, wow. um, you know, and I look at Brooke now who's about to turn 18 in two weeks. I'm like, Lord have mercy. Like, I can't even believe, um, yeah, so we we have been through, let me tell you, just about every speed bump in the road. Um, but like I said, I think in one of my posts, love is not a feeling. Love sometimes is an action, and you have to choose to love because there are so many days where I'm like, I just leave because I don't even like being around you, but I'm going to choose to love you and choose to honor you. And... <laughs> Oh, what, what is you it? You don't I, have a choice. Like I, people today I, have choices, right? They're like, yeah. if it doesn't work out, I'll get divorced. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's very true. And I mean, divorce now is so much higher than it was back even in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that's very sad. And a majority of divorces ha- have children involved. And I can definitely mm-hmm. say as a child of divorce, it's horrible. It's yeah. definitely it's definitely horrible one of the um one of the most difficult things that somebody could go through um and i mean granted you know like like my brother jt said you know two christmases you know when they first announced it but uh it's uh it's definitely something that uh i think every child like i feel like now i meet more people with divorced parents than when I did when I was in elementary and oh, yeah. that, that, cause I mean, when I was in elementary, like you found out, Oh, your parents are divorced or, Oh, your parent, you have two sets of parents. Like that's mm-hmm. odd. Mm-hmm. Now it's very common and, yeah. and it's such a interesting situation, but, um, yeah. but I mean, one thing for sure, back to w- how you guys like first got together. I mean, may I say Scott's mustache, I feel like he needs to bring it back. <laughs> Do you ever I, see the movie um, Boogie Nights? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It looks like Dirk Diggler. <laughs> let, let, now that mustache was in, I will tell you that mustache was in, but um, it didn't last long after, after we got married, like in 97, we got married. And then I think pictures of early 98, it was gone. <laughs> was that his decision or yours? Oh no, that was mine. That was mine. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not really one for facial hair. Although face, some people can pull facial hair off like yourself and it looked oh, very nice. Thank My you. My husband, thank you. 
my husband is very sparse and scraggly, and it just wasn't the look we were going for for him. So, oh my gosh, he needs to grow out that Magnum PI. Let's go, <laughs> Scotty boy. <laughs> people call him. Uh, we were on vacation, and and people are like, he looks like Peyton Manning. I'm like, oh, he does look like Peyton Manning. He I can does. see that. Yeah, yeah. He just needs to, you know, put a little bit more of a red mark on his forehead, and then he'll definitely be Peyton Manning. <laughs> Yeah. For sure. <sighs> Maybe put some put them in some Tennessee gear. You never know. Oh, I don't that's not gonna happen. No. We're Buckeyes, Matt. <laughs> Speaking of that. Ah, look at you in Tennessee. I know. I'm a Tennessee fan. A I'm a Michigan fan. Yes, yes. I mean, you go into Tennessee and you feel the love of the volunteers for sure. I'm sure. And it's very uh contagious. But one thing I will never ever ever be is a Buckeyes fan. So I mm. need to know. Why are you in Michigan and a Buckeye fan? <laughs> well, yeah, I went to Ohio State. Um, oh. So I, yeah, I am a Buckeye. Both Scott and I were raised in Ohio. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, we are, are, and Hayden was born in Ohio. So our blood runs pretty deep. Uh, we call it the land of milk and honey down there in Ohio. Mm. But. And a lot of pullovers. And a lot of pullovers. <laughs> yes. Are you talking about pullovers from cops yes, yes for sure yeah especially on that 23 those that state highway patrol um it's just a lot of fun you know buckeyes are known to be bucknuts is what they're called because they the, their fans are a little over the top but it's just it's really neat you know we're we're friends with the tar family and so this mm -hmm. year was really difficult oh i um, bet very difficult because I wanted to be, I was so excited for Gregory and so mm -hmm. excited for the TARS and just, you know, what they were able to experience. Um, but at the same time, it was like just a punch in the stomach, you know, when we've been doing so good for so long and now three in a row, um, we've kind of had to eat crow, but that's what makes rivalry fun. It, it really is. I mean, you know, um, when the game is announced, you know it's like separate sides, like that. Oh, yeah. that Civil War, of course. Yes, you know, having having my grandfather be an Ohio State fan, you know, we don't talk for that whole week. So <laughs> we spend we spend Ohio um, Thanksgiving every year in Ohio, and so you know it's always the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and it's just funny because all of the M's on everybody's sign is out. They take the light bulb out of the M's and cross that M out of everything. And it's mm -hmm. just, it's, it's a very, um, some people are a little over the top with it. We just have a great time. Mm -hmm. Um, but now my mother-in-law one year, she was up here, um, and she had an Ohio state license plate cause she still lives in Ohio. And, um, the windows in her car were shot out in Macomb township, uh, the weekend of the Ohio state game. Like that's a little extreme, a little bit, a little bit extreme, a little people kind of take it a little too far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause you, um, you know, everybody has a favorite villain that they like to boo. Every, you know, you think of like Darth Vader or um, um, what was the guy from Die Hard? Bruce Willis? Um, no, no, he was the hero. Oh, the, oh I don't know. The, the German guy, Hans, Hans Gruber. Okay. You know, everybody likes to, loves to hate, you know, Darth Vader, Hans Gruber. The uh, Joker. The Joker, exactly. You know, you yeah. you name you name it. You know, everybody loves to hate him, and you know, with with Ohio State fans, it's Michigan Wolverines, and with Michigan fans, it's the Ohio State Buckeyes. But it, you know, with that, you know, you you get amped up, and you want to see your team win, and and especially looking back at the old days of you know Woodson and and I forget who was Shep playing Beckler and, and yep. Woody. 
Yep. Oh yeah, those. That's what I grew up with. Um, and then you know, uh, not Pete Rose, um, Earl, Bruce Earl. Mm-hmm. You know, just some some good legendary coaches, and um, and now you know, I, I don't mind Harbaugh really. Like I'm, I'm an okay Michigan. I'm an okay Ohio State fan living in Michigan. Mm-hmm. My boys, however, like. There's just no talking anything positive about Michigan to them. So we just agree to disagree. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're, you know, a little bit on the fence, though. <laughs> I, so. I mean, we have a friend that plays for him, for crying yeah. out loud. Like, let's be a little bit happy. It's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, I I had Greg on the podcast, and he talked very highly about you and how you said. <laughs> I, I don't know. Have you listened to that episode at all? No, I haven't. I need to. Oh, I'm very a much huge, so. I am a huge Greg Tar fan. He, oh, um, me too. <laughs> yeah, he's just a, and and like I've said probably fifty times in the last month, it couldn't have happened to a better stand up guy. Um, he's just a solid individual, and I'm so excited for him. Oh, same, same here. I mean, he was saying how you would root for him every, pretty much every other game except for Ohio State, and he took that, you know, full respect yep. and was like, "I get it, I yeah. get it." Oh yeah, which forty five. That, that makes sense. I mean, what was crazy was I went to the big house and um, he was um, doing the warm ups and everything, and um, it was almost like uh, in Rudy where they were like forty five. 45 yes. I know oh, him. oh yes. my gosh I, I have my buddy with me and he goes dude chill out <laughs> I know him yeah right, <laughs> right. I was freaking I, know. I was freaking out and yeah. he's, like, he's like dude chill out <laughs> yeah <laughs> a little but excited I, I, I had to do a zoom in and take a picture and then uh of course Mrs. Tar does uh, a lot of uh, the photos and Craig is like, mom, why do you do that? I'm like, don't. I'm like, don't hit your mom for that. I said, no. I love that. I love yes. it. Yeah. I love Lynn. I love her. <laughs> yeah. Now, Hayden, my oldest, you know, Hayden. Of course. He, um, he works for FCA and he actually did a, um, he did the toy drive at Somerset with help me out. Who's your guys's um, little guy, number two or number nine. Oh, Blake Corum. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Hayden was talking about that's probably the most positive thing he's ever said about Michigan is yeah. what a cool, cool guy Blake Corum was. I was about to say, he, um, I got to hear that story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but, he, he, I think Hayden actually prayed over him. It was kind of cool. It was, it was neat. So um, it's just kind of it's, wow. it's so amazing to me how, you know, God can be in all the details, mm-hmm. all the details. You know, the I mean, these are people that we never even knew like, you know, Gregory, we never had any idea of seeds that were being planted then, but I think Scott was a youth leader for him for, for a while, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know. I just, I love seeing this generation, your generation, your brothers just kind of evolving into who God's made you to be and being successful and just making a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, you're, I mean, not so much hating cause I think he was, um, graduated at the time but you know mm-hmm. with, with uh brooke and um hunter you know we were all a tight-knit group back back in the day and um oh yeah you know, brooke had a crush on she loved her some matt <laughs> she was only i don't know eight or nine at the time something but like that those yeah sims boys came to the church and all of a sudden it's like can i go to youth group too <laughs> 
I did not know <gasps> that. That oh, is yeah. so funny. She, yes. If she listens to that, she's going to be like, Mom. Oh, I know. I get in trouble all the time. Trust me. <laughs> she won't be listening. We won't give her access. Oh, no. I don't know. <laughs> she's got to spread the word somehow. <laughs> so this is just a hobby for you, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. But, you know, it's definitely something that um, – Started off as something where it's like, all right, let's uh, knock the dust off and see if I can still do it. And, and, you know, one thing led to another and I did the intro and I was like, okay, I'm back to where I was back in school. I like, I think I was, uh, I think I texted one of uh, my former classmates and I said, I was like, I just did that overlap of different clips over a music drop. And I feel like I'm back at school again. And they're like, yeah. She, and of course she's a DJ up in, um, I believe it's Saginaw. And uh, she's like, yeah, I do that every day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I do it once every now and again, but <laughs> you still got it. I still got it. <laughs> <laughs> Look who's back. Eggs back again. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so um, we were we were talking about uh, with your 26th anniversary. Uh, when is that coming up? That's in October, October 18th. Uh, we will have been married 26 years. Okay. Um, is there any advice for any newlyweds, just married, soon to be married uh, couples? Mm. Where do we start? Um, you know what? Probably two big pieces. I wish that I had somebody had spoke into me. Number one is do not ever rely on your spouse to fill a void that only the Lord can fill. Like do not rely on somebody else to complete you, to make you happy. It'll never happen. You'll always end up disappointed and your expectations will never be met. Um, my second piece of advice really is to, um, and, and it's hard because we have social media and honor your husband, honor your spouse. And it, that could mean don't text the other, don't, don't have private conversations with the other sex. Don't have private friendships with the other sex. Is there anything wrong with that? Nope. But it's certainly a crack in a door that the enemy can use. You know, I mean, we have the opportunity to have multiple relationships at our fingertips, any, you know, um, and I'm not speaking so much from experience as I am just from in things that I have witnessed. It's just not healthy. So in my opinion, a, a good way that you can honor if I have a, if I have a text to send somebody now, I will, you know, if I if I'm texting even even a, a guy friend of ours that's a mutual friend, I'll include my husband on it. It's just it's just an honorable thing to do. Yeah, so, that's might be one a thing that extreme. I've never heard. No, that's one thing that I've never heard before. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, what was it? Um, I forget what movie it was, but it was like, uh, bet you can not be in a friendship with a girl if you you know and try and not catch feelings, kind of thing. Yeah, you know? I mean you this might be a whole nother ball game, but I believe women can have friendships with men and be platonic. I don't believe that married men can have friendships with women without 
you know what happens they start talking about their marriage problems and then they mm. start and then it's just it is such a tool of the enemy for division. Um, so that's really the two things I, I would say. Don't don't count on them for your happiness. Find that within your own self and how you feel about things and um, honor them by, you know, not having side conversations and relationships with the other sex. I feel like, you know, especially majority of women will definitely be like, yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They will. But if you just, if you set the standard very early in marriage, then it doesn't, you know, and maybe, and who knows? I mean, maybe those, your, your friends, wives might appreciate that too. And then, and then it, it catches on and it's just a safeguard. Yeah. I mean, I get, I get that. And it's just so kind of like, I don't know. It makes me think about, you know, my friendships and stuff like that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, not granted, like say like with my best friend, um, he is married and I'm like, I've known both of them since like, I don't know, like I've known him since seventh grade. So so about seventh grade or so. And, um, you know, both of them together are like the great dynamic duo of my life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I can always go to them to talk things out and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, but of course, like he's, like the number one and not saying she's like number two, but yet it's like, I can, I know I can go to him more often, but it's like, I don't know. know, It's such a weird dynamic to where it's like, to where it's like, um, you know, who, who can you be like close to and who, and who mm-hmm. not to, I guess. But mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's, so, that is so fascinating because it makes you almost think about your own life and it's like, okay, that's, that's, yeah. that's an interesting thing. Cause I mean, I've never heard that before, but that is awesome. Absolutely yeah. awesome. <laughs> Which, like I said, it's a safeguard. And however it is that you can put those boundaries up to just protect your marriage. Cause we, you know, Satan's out to destroy nobody. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want a successful marriage. And, um, however it is that you can protect it. I would just encourage you to do that. Are you, mm-hmm. you're not married, are you? Nope. nope. No ring on that finger. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All the single ladies. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Give me a holla. <laughs> Your boy's a squalor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this is awesome. Uh, so, but uh, last question. So we've been talking about God, faith. You are very in, you and the family, um, your husband, your sons and daughter are all, um, have been a big part of uh, my life, my brother's lives, um, and so many others uh, within the church. I mean, for, I mean, I guess I have a couple of questions, but uh, first off, like, have you always been, um, I guess you could say strong in your faith or d- did it mm-hmm. like come to you at a, so one moment and then you've just been, I guess, killing it ever since? Or, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? I was raised in the church, um, saved at eight years old uh, and raised in a Christian school. With It was very strict. Um, and because of I learned to love God out of a fear for God because I was always failing him. Um, I rebelled and I rebelled at 17. Um, and in full transparency, I, Scott and I, um, we got married after Hayden was born. So I got pregnant before we got married. 
um, devastated my church family. You know, that's the big no-no. Um, and so I, what you would, I guess, call backslid for probably a good six or seven years. And I attribute that to the fact that I didn't really learn how to have a relationship with a loving God. I always viewed him as a judge that I could never live up to. I could never please. And I was always breaking the rules. And so it wasn't until um, I learned about a relationship with the Lord that loves me and why he loves me and why he died for me, what he can give me, um, that I learned to love him for who he is. And I want to obey him now, right? Like when I sin and when I'm not living a life that's pleasing to God, like it hurts me because I don't want to hurt this God that loves me so much. It's Mm. not a matter of me now feeling condemned, which that's what the enemy wants us to feel is condemnation. The Holy Spirit will convict you and he'll be that small whisper of a voice of, you know, what you're doing is wrong. I have better for you. And um, it's, it's just figuring that out. And that to me then changed everything. So had I had it to do all over again, my boys were raised with the mentality of, you better, you better obey the Lord because you're sinning or you're going to go to hell. And whereas Brooke has this relationship where, you know, she wants to honor God because of who he is and what he's done for her, what he has for her. So um, to answer your question, no, I have not always walked the Christian path. I've always been exposed to Christianity, but I was never really in a relationship with the Lord until probably about 15 years ago. Um, and that for me changed everything. Um, so, you know, and, and same with Scott, you know, he was raised, he wasn't raised in a Christian home, but when he did go to church, it was a Lutheran church. And, and it was that very, you know, um, just ritualistic rule-driven, uh, legalistic form of religion that, I mean, who wants that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what I like to call the stand-up, sit-down, praise, praise, praise. Yeah, like, I mean, seriously. <laughs> that kind of church. Like, yes, no relationship, no, like, I can feel the Holy Spirit brush against me when I am worshiping in church. I can mm-hmm. literally feel it. And it, to try and explain that to somebody that has never experienced it before, it sounds crazy. But when you have experienced it, you want more of it. And it's just confirmation that he's with us. Mm-hmm. So um, faith is a huge part of my life. And it always will be. Everything that I have, everything that I am able to do is only because of the Lord. Um, but you know what? I still like to have fun. I, yeah, I still listen to Eminem. I mean, I don't listen to the explicit versions all the time, but there's you're, balance. You're human. You're not there's perfect. Balance, and, right? Exactly. So, yeah, there is balance. And um, I think it's all just a matter of that personal conviction that you plug into, listen to, and don't get so caught up in, you know, what the world or what your pastor or religion looks like for you mm-hmm. chase after a relationship. And honestly, like just chase after, after the word of God, I saw this thing yesterday and it was like, that just spoke volume to me. You want to hear, I think Lena posted it, Lena Ruvalo. She said, you want to hear the voice of God, get your Bible out and read it out loud. Mm. There you go. I mean, everybody wants to, to hear God's voice. Well, he, he's got it for us in 66 books. 
Yeah, it's Get not it going to be Morgan. It it's not going to be Morgan Freeman. It's got to be right. you know. <laughs> um, I know, but um, so but I mean, you guys have been very impactful, especially with um with the youth. I mean, I can still remember going to youth group and both you, Scott, and even little Brooke yep. uh, being there and. Um, yeah. And you guys, you know, were so impactful in all of our lives, um, one way or another. Um, you know, and I can definitely say, you know, it, I know Scott. I don't know if Scott's not there. I don't think Scott's there. Uh, but he's you know. actually, you know, where he's at right now. He's at the youth group. Um, oh. We have youth group uh, at six thirty on Tuesday nights. So he still oh. serves in the youth group. I just do the fundraisers for the youth. Um, gotcha. But. That's where, you know, youth to us is our passion because, mm -hmm. and kind of young adults too, a lot of young adults fall off the wagon, if you will, because now mm -hmm. they're adults. They don't have to go to church if they don't want to, right? Because they're mm -hmm. 18 or older, but it's also, Matt, if that's the time of your life when you're making the most important decisions, who you're going to marry, what you're going to be, where you're going to live, like, why wouldn't you want to be as close to the creator as possible when you're making those decisions. So our passion really is the youth pouring into the youth and the young adults. I know that my passion is seniors and geriatrics here on a day-to-day -day basis, but as far as like personally, yeah, we, I love serving in the youth group. That's awesome. And I mean, like I was going to say, um, you know, I know Scott's not there because he's at youth group, but, you know, uh, from my brothers and myself and I'm sure as well, well as many others, thank you for, you know, being a part of that and being, you know, such a big impact in our lives as much as, you know, even Pastor Jason was, you know, because oh, you guys, because sure. I mean, you guys were always there and you guys, you know, mm. led by example. And even though we were snot nosed kids thinking that we knew everything, you know, <laughs> We got to see your guys' influence and <laughs> and look like and see that's a person that you want to that's someone that you want to be when you're older. That's somebody when you are out of the house and you are yeah. on your own. That's how you want to carry yourself. Yes. So thank, thank you. Thank you to you uh, and Scott. Um, yes. I will pass that along. And you know what? There's no higher compliment than to to be told that you've made a positive impact for for the Lord in somebody's life. There really isn't. So I, I take that with, you know, so much respect that you would that you would say that to us mm -hmm. yeah no problem i mean definitely uh we i know for zach and i because he spent more times at your house than i know i did um, yeah. <laughs> and, um yes. so with with that i mean him and i still talk about you guys um from time to time so and, and we reminisce about you know those times um for sure yeah mm. but you know other than that Kristen, thank you so much for coming on the episode yes. i know you got so much other stuff to do well thanks for having me this has been a lot of fun and i enjoy talking with you i wish you all the best and i know that you will just succeed over the top in whatever you do because you are charismatic you are genuine, and um, I'm just going to really pray that the Lord blesses you and whatever ministry, you know, this particular hobby is or wherever you're at at GM, just just know, Matt, that um, that you're making a difference. You really are, and I'm, I'm really impressed with who you've become. 
Thank you so much. Um, and I almost forgot. Lastly, uh, for those that are listening, how can they reach out to uh, you to get your services and everything like that? Yep. So the same number that I gave um, earlier is the um, the number here at the office if they want um, interim health care. Um, that's 586-281-6280. Or um, interimhealthcare.com. And then if they want the, um, you know, the consultation and the advocacy services through assisted solutions, you can still call the interim number and they'll um, direct them where to go from there. They can kind of, you know, I don't want to give out too many numbers, um, <laughs> but one number will serve both purposes. And I'm sure on the website that they will have majority of the numbers, of course. That's right. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. Yes. I very much appreciate it once again. Ladies Thanks and gentlemen, for Chris, me. absolutely. Chris, ladies and gentlemen, Kristen Beckel. The first lady. Mwah. <laughs>